Hey everybody, welcome back to the Author on Wheels podcast. I'm your host, John Wood, author of A Fight to Survive, and we are finally getting ready to kick off season four, episode six of our podcast with an incredible interview with my friend Sharon Arcego. So grab a drink, pull up a chair, and get ready for the Author on Wheels podcast. Sharon Arcego is a lifelong Connecticut resident whose creativity, wit, and appreciation for music were deeply fostered by an expressive Italian father and a more reserved Czechoslovakian mother, among other artists and musicians in her family. Like many authors, Sharon started writing at a young age and despite some stops and starts in life, continues to write and now draw as well. It has long been her dream to publish her work. Cadence is not only her debut book, but also the first from her private label, Swirl Inc. Publications. Named as a nod to the style of drawing her mother used to keep her occupied as a child. She considers herself fortunate for the experiences and mentoring provided to her over the years, including earning her BA in English Studies from St. Joseph College in West Hartford, Connecticut. Sharon currently has a career with the city of Bristol, Connecticut, where she resides with her beloved feline companion, Big Mitz McKenzie, a.k.a. Mac. Okay, Sharon, uh, first off, go ahead and tell me a little bit about you and about your work and what led you to do what you do. Sure thing, John, and thank you so much for having me. Um, So I was born and raised in Connecticut, which is also known as the nutmeg state. We're also known for having multiple seasons in one day. That's important to know because I learned about nature from my father at a young age and enjoying it throughout the seasons. And that's really where a lot of my work comes from in my book, Cadence, which is nature-based poetry. I'm the youngest of two girls. We became friends later in life. So she's now like my biggest supporter. She was telling everyone who would listen that her little sister was publishing a book and I didn't even have anything to hand out to people like bookmarks or anything yet. So, uh, so, but she's been great. And she actually purchased my first 10 books uh, to give out to friends in her book club, which was pretty cool. I've been writing poetry, mostly poetry, and it's been about since the age of nine or 10. And I'm finding that a lot of writers, maybe just in this genre, but in general, they started writing around that age. So I don't know if, if that's just the folks I'm following or the folks I'm talking to, but it seems to be the time when Uh, kids are starting to take the ideas in their imagination and start putting it down on paper, which I think is kind of cool and speaks to, in the larger picture, the need for the arts and writing processes to be, you know, taught more in schools. Um, One of my most prized possessions when I was a kid was this little putty-colored, very bland-looking manual portable typewriter. I picked it up at a tag sale. And my first poems that I wrote were typed up on that thing. And the only paper we had around the house was like onion skin thin stuff that you could probably see through now. And it was just really cool because I loved that. I taught myself to type on it and it helped, you know, it was kind of fun. Like, hey, I'm a writer. (laughs) Right, right. Um, And then another thing too, that was pretty cool is my library as a kid was a lot of hand-me-down books and I'd get, you know, a dollar to go to the tag sale or a few dollars to go to the local fair. And there would be vendors that had boxes and boxes of books for sale. And I would just pick through and see what looked good to me. So 
I didn't have like a lot of books being bought for me that I remember. I just remember having this very eclectic sort of library and I loved it because I feel like it opened me up to other genres and even a, um, a language, I want to say vocabulary, you know, maybe a little bit above my, my grade level at the time. Mm -hmm. But it really taught me to love words and be excited about the fact that you could write about anything, right? I wasn't just reading for my level or I just wasn't just reading certain kids' books. I was reading a bunch of different things. Um, and just real quick, for because I know people like 411 details. So I'll be 53 this September, twice divorced. Yay. <laughs> I crochet blankets as a hobby, as a, something my mom and I used to do together. And I not only write, but someone recently dubbed me a master doodler. I do um, drawings as well as um, do photography with my poetry and prose. And one of my favorite jobs ever was working in FM radio. So that was kind of fun. Wow. Yeah. That, that's incredible. You, yeah, you, I did um, sales, sales and copywriting and voiceover. So I learned how to record, which is pretty cool. Oh, man. <laughs> Blew my head off there. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a small station. It still kind of is. So, you know, you get your hands in everything because everybody needs to pitch in. So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Well, what would you say uh, fuels your passion for writing? Oh, wow. So I really love words. I love how words sound. I love, there's something, it's almost like a dance in some ways. You know, if you think about it, like, again, mostly focusing on poetry right now for myself, mm -hmm. reading it out loud is kind of my test for myself. And I want to see how it hits my ear, how it rolls off my tongue. It helps me decide how I'm going to structure the line or the stanza, the phrase. I do like alliteration. <laughs> Uh, right. But what fuels my writing, in addition to the love of words and language and the imagery that it can bring without having to draw or take photographs, is just really getting my thoughts down and kind of seeing if I can portray or convey what I'm seeing. Because I actually, this helped me when I was working in radio, I'd have to write a commercial and I would see I would almost play, like out, play out like a little movie and then I would try to write to describe what I was seeing in my head that needed to, you know, be heard. Mm -hmm. And I, some of it's a challenge for me to kind of see, okay, can I get this across in words? If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Constantly blowing me away. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I've been doing this for a while. I mean, my book took 30 years to get together. So it's been on the back burner for a long time. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. What advice would you give those listening today who possibly want to write a book, but they're kind of having trouble thinking of ideas, motivating themselves, what have you? What would your, your advice be? So I have, if the whole part of this, if I could get anything across, it would be more of this than anything else is people have always said, write about what you know. And I also, I believe in that. And I also think you should write about what you believe in and what you see. 
like what you envision. There's so many wonderful authors. I'm not one that could write something like a dystopian novel where they create this whole world mm -hmm. that is not like I if I write a novel, it's gonna have to be about things I can see now and the world we're in now. I I'm not one that can envision a whole nother world and universe and that whole thing. And I give them a lot of credit because that's a whole nother level of imagination that I don't think I'm able to tap into. But I think if you write about what you know, you're and what you're what you have like passion about. I mean, there are people who will write about not not even fiction, right? We're talking everything. So if you've got mm -hmm. people that maybe write their memoir, maybe write about, you know, take something that good or bad that happened in their life, like you've done, right? Like you had your a fight, your fight to survive, right? And yes. and you've taken your life situation and put it into a story. And no one else can do that but you. And I think that we all just to understand that there's there's something each of us only each of us can write about and to find that and give it your absolute like own it and give it your absolute best so that's my first off the top of my head thought the other thing is to in terms of like the whole process of writing the thing that i struggled with most was like i said i this had been candid uh, cadence had been sitting on the back burner for 30 years i graduated from my college in 1992 I was 21 years old and I knew I wanted to publish a book. Mind you, the internet was kind of still in its infancy. Nobody had a home computer that I knew of. I didn't get one for a couple of years after that. Right. I don't even, you know, so we're talking like no real technology like we have now. And my idea was, oh, I'm going to put out a book and I'm going to get this, burn a CD with me reading. Nobody really does that much anymore. And I'm going to, I had all these ideas and then it was like, oh, now I'm back home. Now I have my mom and I moved. Um, I had to work. I had to pay my college loans. And then it was like life happened. So over the course of time, I kept getting detoured, right? Like, oh, I'm going to start writing again. I'd write for maybe three months and then life would happen and so on and so forth. So when I finally got to the point, it, my sister became ill. I had some illness over the fall and winter this past year. And I was like, I'm going to just do this. Like I'm, I've got the time in terms of my work now, having a regular work schedule. I ha I'm on a union contract and I have to leave on time. So I'm not, I'm actually like reprogramming myself to let myself have a life again. I can write now. And so then I started writing and then I'm seeing everyone who doing all these great things and I was like oh my gosh I don't have I can't do this and I can't do that and they're doing this and I can't so what I actually had a struggle with and I think some I'm thinking some other writers might fall into this category is you're like I'm not able to do enough and then you start going down that sort of spiral of I can't do everything everyone else is doing I don't know the technology how do I get a website going? And you'll see those questions, right? Because people are trying to figure out what they need to do and what they should do. And what I ended up doing was I now set myself to work on my book or work on my next book and all my projects Friday afternoons and evenings in over the weekend. And then I just kind of chill Monday through Thursday. And I think all that is to say, each of us has to find what works best for us for our mental health, 
for our families' lifestyles, our dynamics, um, your work life, your finances, and accept what is and work with that and make that shine. And then over time, it's, I think the momentum is just going to keep going. That's my feeling anyway. Um, and I think do as much research and networking as you can as soon as you can. One thing that has been hugely helpful to me is Facebook with what I dubbed the Creative Collective, other authors, other artists, learning, talking to them, even though sometimes it's joking around with memes and things, you get to sort of get this community feel. And there's people like uh, uh, Father Nathan Monk, who mm -hmm. has been so helpful. And he even had a couple workshops a month or two ago. Brandon Carter from Circle of Origin. I know you've been doing some of your items as well with, I think you said you're building up your YouTube channel. Yes. And and I've gone to fellow indie authors events. I've purchased a book. I've had it signed. I've had a conversation and I've networked. And I learned so much. In fact, my book has been out three months and I only just last weekend grasped how I could um, print with Ingram Spark which I had done already, and with Amazon KDP, I could have saved myself money and author copies and shipping and all this stuff. And I'm sort of doing those like facepalm, realizing I could have done something so different and better, but I had to accept that and be like, okay, I know now, and I'm, I'm going to do this better next time. And then I offered the information to people if they emailed me, because that's the only way I knew how to send it as an attachment and just said, look, I learned if I can help you, here you go. And I think that's a big, big thing is just become active part of your community as much as you can. Wow. <laughs> Gee, oh man. You, you're, you're, you inspired me. You, oh, you've, wow. motivated, you've been, you've motivated me. Wow. Oh my gosh. Thank that, you. That, uh, I've I've been on I've been with Lulu now for a, uh, almost well actually over a year now over a year right yeah yeah it's May 18th of last year right and I'm still learning things a year later that I damn should have been learning four or five years ago <laughs> apparently well I, I, like I said I just learned this you know three months I I learned it now and my book's been out for three months but I. This is all new, right? And I think one of the things mm -hmm. that our community is lacking, and, and you, you're actually stating, you know, some support of it now, we don't really have like um, a network. And I know some people like Brandon or, or, and Nathan, Father Nathan, are trying to build this. You are as well with your podcast to build a network where people learn these things that can help them. Oh, are you okay? Bless you. I'm good. Okay, I thought I heard a sneeze. No, no, no. No, I'm good. Um, okay. So <laughs> I think if like if if we had that's why I think the networking is so important because we don't have a super structured group of indie authors where we can uh, reach out and have workshops. I know in Connecticut, for anyone that might be listening that's in Connecticut, there's the Connecticut Authors and Publishers Association, and they meet once a month, and I'm planning on joining them. And that's actually when I went to one of the authors, I met two members there and got all this scoop on marketing and like they just 
round table for two hours once a month. And I'm like, I got to get there because that's the closest I have to like, you know, internet is great. Email's great. Texting people's texting people's great. But to be in a room with people and talk and like hash stuff out. I mean, how many of us want to call customer service and get a robot? Nobody, but we'd like to have, you know, talk to a person. And I think that's that connection that's missing right now in this community. Exactly. Exactly. Like that mentoring. Yes. Nobody wants to talk to a robot. A robot (laughs) is not going to tell your story for you. Mm -hmm. So that's true. Keep that in mind. (laughs) Yes. As the topic of AI is very hot right now. Oh, man. (laughs) Do not ask how many times I've seen videos on YouTube of AI videos that have been like songs that have been covered by artists that are, you know, dead now. You know, I saw I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I saw a video the other day of I think it was Patrick Starr from SpongeBob singing, <laughs> singing um, uh, a Ray Charles song. Hit the road, Jack. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, oh, God, I've, I've seen it now. I've seen it now. <laughs> I, I, I can retire at 29 and be happy. <laughs> Right? Internet and you are friends off now. Uh, yep. <laughs> to conclude this, where yes. can our listeners contact you in regards to your to your work? So I want to thank author Cameron Trost because he um, in, basically was posted something and introduced me to something called Linktree. If you Google it, you can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a one-stop shop where any artist or anyone with a business can set up all their connections in one spot. So if someone has this one link for you, they can find anything you post and it's dynamic. So every time they go, they'll see what's new. You can get subscribers. I think that might be the paid version, which is like 45 bucks a month. And this is not a paid ad. This is just me loving it. Um, So they can find me at Linktree and it's L-I-N-K-T-R dot double E backslash Sharon Arcego. They can also, if they want to more directly find me, Facebook, uh, Sharon Arcego Indie Artist, and swirlinc at gmail.com. All of that will be listed in the information of this episode. Cool. Guys, that's the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, Sharon, for tuning in with us and for telling us your story. Thank you so much for the opportunity, John. I'm really excited. Before we go, I'd like to impose a question to all of those listening. How are you telling your story? We all have a story to tell, and it's up to us to find our unique way of telling our story. Because, as I always say, a story is only as good as the person telling it. So with that being said, thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Again, thank you, Sharon. Thank you, John. See you soon. To know what the Author on Wheels is doing, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or you can visit the website at www.theauthoronwheels.com. That's www.theauthoronwheels.com.